The Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. We are recording. 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 Recording for the Dark Art Society podcast. Hello. Hello, Chet. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. We should I just mean, start the podcast early and talk all the stuff we talked about at the beginning. That's what we should do for, know, the, for the Patreon. That's what I was going to say. That should be what we do for the Patreon is that we just start the recording before. And that little bit at the beginning is for the people that are the, the patrons. And yeah. then the rest of it is just for everybody for free. Yeah, that's the because that's like a lot of good stuff. <laughs> just talked about yeah, Mike. I'm, com- I'm, I'm Mike, pretty comfortable with all the stuff we talked about. Mike uh, hacking his knee with a machete when he was a kid and shooting matchsticks out of BB guns. It was pretty good conversation. It was pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, Chet was talking about the assassination game he would play in his neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. Good, good times. But yeah, that'll so be. Sorry, y'all missed out on that. But that <laughs> that'll be coming soon, hopefully. Here. Yeah, we got to get this Patreon going. I've I'm recently been converted to the idea of a Patreon, and I'm uh, up to speed on it. So that's going to be happening very soon. I think. I hope. It's going to be happening soon because, as you guys probably remember, the first time we mentioned it was quite some time ago. And we've definitely been grinding on the idea of it, but I think we're really close to it actually manifesting now as opposed to, you know, kind of dancing around the idea. Yeah. So that's cool. It's exciting. We really really need to get a good logo going. So I'm going to work on that. If any of you guys have logo ideas, feel free to share them, even if they're just uh, thumbnails or little stick figures you know if anything's good yeah, totally. you know it could be turned into something good anyway uh, <clears throat> so today we are going to talk about the conjoined eight and the conjoined shows in general because that was the eighth one we, uh ever so uh we've never done a conjoined episode huh no we've, we've never That's done so a, weird. an episode about conjoined i thought we did so. we did one about dystopia we did yeah, one about right. ego death um, that's why I didn't think it was enough for a I mean, we've, whole show. We've talked about Conjoined. I mean, for sure. We've talked about yeah. it on the show. But yeah. we've never actually gone in and really said, like, this is how it started, and this is what it's all about, and, you know, all of that. Well, I mean, aside from the fact that it's it's an amazing show and worth talking about, it, all, it also really applies to the Dark Art Society, I think, because it really, as much as it's a sculpture show, and, I, and I'll go over the history of it and how it started and blah, 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 which you may have heard of before heard about before but um it's really it really feels like a gathering of the dark art society when you're at the show you know it's it's uh it's uh it's just all the stuff we talk about the dark art society being all about which is you know really cool art really real art really entertaining art and really cool people coming together you know and the good vibes and energy at the show it's really you know, it's I, I keep telling everybody, and I'm serious. It's a magic show. Conjoined, it is. it's a magic show. There's like there's a magic. There's an energy. It's uh, there's just something. It's it's intrinsic in the show itself, and you know because not only uh, you know what I'm gonna make a note of that to talk about it later. Never mind. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> hold on. 
magic show. Because <laughs> uh, there, there's some interesting things to talk about that. But I probably we should start. Let's start at the beginning, maybe. And then yeah, get, get I, I think that, that makes the most sense. Because then if people are not familiar with the show, they won't be left out in the wind. Like, right. whoa, I'm out here in the cool breeze, and I don't know what they're talking about. Okay. So eight years ago... Somehow, I think Gary asked me to curate a show, and um, I had curated shows before at, at Copro Gallery. Gary runs Copro Gallery, Gary and Erica, and um, he asked me to curate a show, and I had done, before that, I'd curated a Ouija board show, which was a really great show, it had amazing pieces. This is probably like 10 years ago. <clears throat> Could be longer. I don't know. Um, but... It was every artist. You had your you had your your piece in it too, right? You did a Ouija board. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was 2007. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, I yeah. Say so. I'll I'll look it up. Real okay, fast. okay. Why not? Um, yeah. Uh, so I did a, a Ouija board show, which was great. Everybody loved it. Yeah, great. Yeah, 2007. Oh, okay. Uh, talking board, 16 by 20, oil on board, 2007. Yeah, yeah. So um, that went it went over well, but it but it what it didn't um, support itself financially to justify another show because you know these shows have to make money to keep the doors open at the gallery so as much as it was a great amazing show nothing sold nothing i think wow none of the boards sold except one even your piece no no wow i only recently sold that i forget who i sold it to but it was someone in australia Mm. uh but the the only guy that sold a piece was this guy that made these wood etchings. And this is back in the, you know, pretty early days of, uh, you know, where etching machines. I don't know what you call it, where you, where the machine is carving out of wood. You put it in a computer and it kind of, mm. I sound like an idiot, but I can't think of the words, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there's a common an engraver. It's like, a, like an yeah, engraver there's a word for it. It's like 3d printing, but it's, it's like a CNC machine. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, he would. Well, you don't sound like an idiot to me because I don't even know what kind of machine you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounds uh, cool though. He made these do like a bunch of these uh, inexpensive wood Ouija boards that he kind of, you know, had computer drilled out or whatever. Mm, okay. And um, he sold a few pieces, but they were, you know, they were because they were cheap, I guess. But, it just the climate wasn't right for a Ouija board show because people were sure. a lot of people were afraid of the show and some of the artists were afraid of the show. It was really, really yeah. It's hard to th- it's a, hard to imagine now. You know, everyone's no one cares about. You know, hardly anybody thinks that occultism is evil or anymore. Or I guess you know. Well, I mean, there are a lot of people yeah. that do, but at least within <laughs> within the the fringe of our of our subculture i would say that yeah. there's certainly less of that because i've never encountered it mm-hmm. i mean that and that was 10 years ago so and i wasn't in the the fine art scene 10 years ago right so i did that show it was unsuccessful financially and then i did a curated a show um of tattoo artist painters that had really huge names in tattooing and they, and it was showing what you know how great tattoo artists could paint that show mm-hmm. bombed which was crazy because it was also an amazing show, had a big attendance and everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and then I uh, did conjoined and that was the first one that was like a hit right away. You know, it was so big. It, it got such a great response that we kept doing it. 
And it doesn't always make a ton of money, but it's still so big that we have to keep doing it. And uh, it's so so. But what what is this? Because you've explained the other right. shows. What what was the idea behind Conjoined? Okay, so the idea behind the the show was uh, not even necessarily a dark art show, although that's it's sort of become a dark art show. It really is predominantly dark work, but not exclusively. But the idea that I had was <clears throat> I knew all these people in uh, makeup effects that were. Um, amazing sculptors like makeup effects has some of the best sculptors in the world in it it's really and they never get to show in a fine art context it's all you know for film and stuff for you know good shops for good films has to look perfect and really great amazing everything has right and then but then even if it makes it in the film you might only see it for a very Mm. minimal amount of time right right so there's just a ton of a, a lot of what i feel is wasted effort Especially when, you know, the movies are often bad, not, you know, they're not good enough for the artwork that's in them, I think, in a way. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be a great opportunity, since I knew all these amazing artists that weren't showing, to show show them in a fine art context and allow them to exercise their creativity outside of the uh, studio, Hollywood studio system, you know. Um, So I thought, bring in a bunch of those people, and then there was... um, this burgeoning sculpture movement within the lowbrow pop surrealism scene that felt underrepresented as well. Like I knew a lot of people that sculpted and did amazing work, but there wasn't a lot of sculpture shows. Um, I don't know if that's because, you know, sculptures are harder to sell generally because they um, take up more space than paintings do. That's one issue I think a lot of collectors have. Mm-hmm three-dimensional work you know it just takes up more space but um regardless of the reason uh it was underrepresented underrepresented in the that's the caffeine water talking underrepresented in the um community so i thought hey bring those two things together and the idea of gary came up with the title conjoined because you're conjoining you're bringing together uh the effects world and the art world in a way mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> so that yeah that was it so um i did i for my piece i made a, a, this conjoined heart that's two foot by two foot wall hanging uh which we should probably put for the cover of yeah. the show this and it's kind <laughs> of a, it's kind of a yin yang kind of uh two faces yeah. on either half of it yeah it's like an evil face and like a scared face sort of kind of thing like or like a goofy face and like a kind of mean face but the makeup the heart so i made that for my piece um i don't it was so long ago that i don't even remember the show other than it was hugely successful oh and we got kazu um the amazing sculptor from the film industry. He he had his Abraham Lincoln there, which I think was the first piece he did for in the fine art world as one of his giant silicone heads. I'm sure you know that if you don't know, Kazuhiro Tsuji is a good friend of mine and an amazing sculptor. He was the top guy in the in the world in makeup effects. He worked for Rick Baker's uh, studio for years 10 15 years or something he was his main guy all the stuff that you know rick's shop did it was pretty much kazu was 
had the hero uh, piece of the show and sculpted it generally. And um, he had just left the film industry because he was sick. Same reason I did, basically, being sick of all the bullshit. And he, he created this Abraham Lincoln, which got a lot of <clears throat> press. And um, it was there. You know, his sculptures are giant silicone heads are like double double life size i guess super realistic hyper realistic the abraham lincoln one's beyond double life size i mean it's I, like fucking 16 times the size of a normal head no, <laughs> thing is gigantic no i think well it may you know double life size stack your head on top of your head and think yeah. about the head yeah it, I might, guess be, right. it might be a little bigger than that he's he, i'm sure they're all the same they're all all his oh are they? pieces are the same size so because i saw the abraham lincoln one in person that was mm. amazing actually i got to see it twice because they had it at uh they had it at the barnstall art park right in 2013 right right so anyway that that was a really cool uh event to, to debut that out or i don't know if it's debuted there i think it was debuted there maybe not the maybe first not. time i saw it was was uh at the first one i went to which was in 2013 it was the conjoined in january of 2013 and that was the first which, filming i did for the documentary which and that was conjoined three. Oh, okay okay so anyway it we we had a, um a really huge crowd turnout everybody loved the show it was massive. It was one of the most well-attended shows they've ever done at Copro Gallery. So we just kept doing it every year. Um, and every year, somehow, because the show is a magic show, it gets better. The, the artists make better pieces somehow. You know, you think every year you think it can't be better, and, and, it, and it gets better every year. It's crazy. And uh, I, I heard from more than one person that it was the best one yet, this conjoined eight. So um, so that, that brings me to where I wrote down that this is a magic show. And the reason it's, it's a, a K. <laughs> the reason it's a, well, it's definitely not a magic show with the C. <laughs> that a would magic be, show. Come on down, guys. <laughs> that would be bad. So uh, um, the reason it, that, I, that I always refer to it is that it has this intrinsic magic in it because is because it always a week before the show, the gallery looks like shit. It's all in chaos. Packages are arriving, people shipping late. Um, there's boxes everywhere. It's, it seems like there's no way it's going to come together. And it always comes together, you know, not even the night before the show, but like the day of the show. It's still being kind of set up and arranged because, you know, Gary and Eric are, are uh, they just have their own way of setting up. And usually a lot of that is the night before and the day of the show and they don't get any sleep, which so it's like kind of crazy. But um, it, it's it's so funny because that it looks like hell up until, you know, sometimes this year it was maybe a couple hours before it looked amazing. or oh, But sometimes it's good. like 30 minutes before <laughs> it looks like a mess. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, this is the most amazing show I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. And, you know, a lot of that I attribute to Erica. Set, she knows she really uh, hangs the show so well. It's really amazing. And um, and of course, the artists who just well, obviously pouring their hearts into this work because it's one thing about this year. It's it had uh, probably the most uh, the most amount of high quality pieces like where 
there, every piece is just rock solid. You know, there was like a hundred pieces or something in it. And when you have a show of a hundred pieces, you're not always going to get everybody's best work, you know, cause there's more opportunities to, I don't know, fudge it or not, not have a good piece in the show. The, you know, the, it, it, the chances increase that maybe someone sends a piece. that's not so great, but this one was just, every piece was amazing. It was, it was unbelievable. Um, well, and thanks to Patrick Ty, I got to vicariously experience mm-hmm. every piece in the entire show because Patrick Ty makes sure to every time take pictures for people. And I've gotten to go to the vast majority of the ones that I've been involved in, uh, but I did not get to go this year. So it was really cool. And shout out to Patrick Ty yes, for because sure. it was great to be able to on Sunday you know, I took the day off from work, but uh, I was able to hop on the phone and go through all the different pictures mm. and look at all the amazing work. And I agree with you. I mean, just from looking at it through a telephone, I was able to be like, dude, the show is uh, amazing. And hands down, like, like you said, you know, I, I in past, I, I would say there are always a few duds, mm-hmm. you know, there are, and I didn't see one in yeah. any of the pictures at all, period. And he took pictures of everything as right. he always, sometimes multiple pictures of everything. <laughs> so yeah, it's amazing. And I, and I, there was nothing in there where I was like, yeah, yeah. You right, know? Right. I was even happy with my pieces. So, and that said something, yeah, you're, yeah, not your pieces are awesome. my, yeah. work. <laughs> but so, these were, those were really inspired. Yeah. So. And the other, the other element of the magic of the show, aside from the fact that it always just comes together in an, a way that seems impossible. Um, is the the energy of the show is always so positive you know it's there's always a huge crowd and everybody is so stoked and so happy and so upbeat that it just really has this it's it really is what the dark art society is all about you know and and people because i think because um i curate it people tend to make things a little darker and it's also you know i probably chose more dark artists than an average curator might but um even people that don't normally do darker stuff put darker pieces in there um mm-hmm. so it, it is kind of like the premier dark art show of the year in la you know it, probably anywhere i think really not tooting my own horn I'm t- if anything i'm tooting the artist's horns you know because i i don't do anything other than make a, a conjoined heart a new, a new version of the conjoined heart and then everyone else just kicks ass and makes these amazing pieces so i get the credit people everyone's telling me how great the show is all night and i feel like kind of bad about it because it's like i didn't it's not because of me it's because of the artists you know and uh so uh it really is it's there's some kind of magical vibe and it really is kind of a template for anything we end up doing with the dark art society, if we start having dark art society sponsored shows, mm-hmm. it's really kind of the template. I think um, it's such a good feeling. I mean, I remember again, I didn't get to go this year, but last year, Chris Haas out of the, you know, the graciousness of his heart uh, took me along with him right. so that I could, so that I could go. And there really is this, I mean, I remember sitting outside last year and I'm sitting at a table with just really interesting and flavorful characters. <laughs> yes. And the thing is, is that none of those people that I was sitting at that table with 
had actually come there for that show. That's the crazy thing. Mm -hmm. They were actually like around doing artsy things in general. Yeah, because looked at had been just other galleries around. Yeah, yeah. they were like looking another, but they ended up there and stayed there all night. Of course, right? Because where's the vibe? Where's the energy? You know, where where are the people? Yeah, and everyone's so welcoming and friendly and willing to just talk with you and like you know you've never gotten such good eye contact in your whole life anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and then you're here, you are in the dark with all these weird dark people. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone said the camaraderie is thick. You know, yeah, it's a great yeah. experience. I'm bummed that I didn't get a go. Yeah, yeah, it is a bummer. The other, th- one of the things I did was um, uh, live broadcast video on Instagram and then on Facebook. That was cool for my the story that goes lasts for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, the your story, my story thing, or whatever. So I was able to go through every single piece all around the gallery on video and and kind of try and tell say the names of the the artists at least. But you know there was a lot of noise and chaos. But so if people that you know the few people that were online were able to see it, in the, you know the next twenty four hours, I couldn't figure out how to save the video to my phone. Unfortunately, I lost it. But I know a lot of other people. There was a lot of people taking pictures and video and stuff. So that was kind of cool to be able. And I I usually do that as a um, a little thing I do is I broadcast just one pass around. You know? Yeah, yeah. So everyone can get kind of a hands-on mm-hmm. feel before the crowd buzzes through, and it's insane. Because yeah. once the people, I mean, well, once the I people did this, fill that gallery, it's I know. crazy. I did this after the people were there, so it was. <laughs> I I, mm. I did it too late, so it was full of like people talking and stuff. <laughs> but it was still good. I just walked in front of people, said, "Excuse me." Yeah, everyone was cool, and some of the artists were there, so I was able to go, "Hey, look at there's the artist right there," and they say hi and. You know, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that is way cool. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the fun of it too. Even though it takes sometimes up until right at the end for things to get finished, if you're there and 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 you're willing to help, you get to actually be a part of it coming together. Because right. every <laughs> year I've gone, I'm always there early. I'm always there the night before, and then I'm there early the day of. And so you get to actually because they need your help. That's the thing. But if you weren't there, here's the magic: someone else would be there to do it. And that's the weird thing is like it's always a different group of people that come together to kind of do this sprucing mm-hmm. at the end. You know. Yeah. But it's it's a fun feeling because you actually get to go around and be like, for once, you're the guy asking like, hey, what can I do for you? Right. You know, what can I do? Can I help where, point me in a direction to help? And for me, I've spent a lot of my time being the guy telling people what to do. You know uh, what I mean? So it's nice to actually go and just kind of be like, yeah, I'm fucking moving some cardboard box. I'm sweeping <laughs> some shit up. Yeah. I, you know, and people are really feeling. people are happy to do it, too. They want to help. Yep. Uh, Lee came out and, and helped. He did a lot lee shamel who's in the show he um came down i think at noon and helped all day so i I owe a greater gratitude yeah for for him as well it was cool um fritz's band played my son's band played which was cool and uh well it was actually it was a side project with members of the steady 45s it was a smaller uh unit it was just four of them calling themselves they're called soul beat and it was a lot of, it was the same kind of, you know, traditional ska style music, but it was a lot of covers like Ray Charles and all these nice. songs. It was really cool. They, they really did an amazing job. It was, it was great. It was like Fritz had a stripped down drum set where it was like snare, bass, hi-hat, and one cymbal. You know, nice. it was really cool. Uh, and they, they were they were really good and people dug it. We had uh, body, body painters um, by... Body paintings by Nick Herrera and uh, Paul Rousseau. Rousseau, 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 
Ru Rosan Ruzen. I forget his name. He's a really cool guy, though. He has a, a piece in the show as well, a really cool holographic image of one of his body paintings. So it was like a 3D. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And some other photography he had. Uh, so <clears throat> it was, you know, it was just a great show. It was a great show. Once, once, it was funny too because we got the show this every time, you know how it is. Every year, usually it's like putting tags on the, the artwork. Five yeah. five minutes to eight before, and there's yeah. a huge crowd outside. This time, <laughs> this time, like it, everything was done except sweeping and mopping the floor in the gallery at about seven twenty. It was all done. Wow, and that That's was amazing. Like, and guess what happened? A bunch of people showed up early and started going inside. So the one time we get things done early, people showed up early and start going in. Oh man, so uh, that was kind of ironic. It uh, is, but. Then we had to kick them out so we could mop and sweep. And um, it was freezing. That was the other thing. It was really cold. Oh, yeah. It was really, yeah, it's been, it's been really cold here. I mean, for us, it's, it was really cold. Um, so that was, that was, but people didn't seem to care. You know, we had heaters outside. And yeah, I saw the heaters in the pictures. Those things are warm. Yeah. And we had a taco truck and. Dude, I'd have been all over it. I, I'm bummed because, it, like, you know, you guys talk about cold, and for me, cold's a whole different thing. So it's like, dude, yeah, I'd have been would, fucking pimping out there. Yeah, you would have been. This is warm. It's been brutal cold here. But well, they're they're by the they are by the ocean, so everything is like ten degrees cooler than it is. Sure, yeah, around Monrovia. So yeah, I remember living on by the uh, it was the Atlantic Ocean as opposed to the Pacific. But when I lived by the Atlantic, yeah, it was way colder right by the water. Yeah, the water. Like, yeah. way 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 colder. Yeah, so it's it, it, it does get cold there sometimes. But it was also kind of a creepy night, which added uh, some someone came up and noticed that and told me because it was kind of windy and cold it just had a, a vibe about it so it was but it, it was cool it was great major success and we actually sold some pieces nice because um, that doesn't always happen yeah we've had shows where we barely <laughs> sold anything it's so weird it's the most one of the most well-attended shows in la every year and still people go because it's fun and entertaining and uh but they don't necessarily buy but we have we've, we've sold we sold some smaller pieces and hopefully over the month we'll yeah, it's a month long show. I mean, I, I think a lot of people really they go there for the party that first night, but then mm -hmm. the rest of the time is like they want to come back and actually have time to really stand and yeah. look at the work and that's what I, the work. That's what I hear repeatedly is that I I'm gonna have to come back to it was you know it was either there was it was so crowded I couldn't see everything or there was so much amazing work that I couldn't take it all in in one sitting. So they people mm -hmm. people always come back, you know, and yeah. it's great to see when there's no people in the gallery. It's really you spend hours in there. It's really amazing. Um, we had some new artists as well that did some well, let me cool ask pieces. you who 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 in the show would you say were like the stars of the show which you know i mean i know i'm not asking you to name a favorite but oh, yeah. that's really really shitty and unfair but um, yeah. I, i'm just curious who who your your you know your stars of the show were this for this round uh well like i said before everyone really everybody kicked ass every piece was amazing so I'll start by saying that, but there were a few that stuck out because of the, the quality and the scale of the pieces. Like I, I tell people a lot, if you want to stand out at conjoined, make a giant piece. Yeah. You know? And, uh, 
of, of course we had um kazu's mark ryden head giant mark ryden head sculpture yeah, that, was that was really amazing so that was up at the and front you guys gotta understand when he's talking about these heads he's like it's so hyper real that when you stand next to it you it's like you can see like sweat coming out of pores i yeah, mean it's really weird. it's that and like veins that are like just d- like lightly under set oh, it's, it's got so ha- it's got real stubble there's stubble every yeah. hair is stubble beard stubble like it's, it's really and it yeah I actually got interviewed for Kazu's doc. Someone did a, a short documentary on him and they interviewed me for it. And um, what I, one of the things I said is it makes you feel like you're tripping when you look at his stuff because it's so weird to see a giant head that looks as real as the guy standing next to you. Yeah, you know, yeah. it makes you feel like you're on it is. some weird. kind of drug or something. It's really a transcendent kind of experience. It's really amazing. Um, The other, uh, probably the big one that everyone was talking about, there was actually two big pieces that, that, uh, aside from Kazu's, that got a lot of attention, and that was um, Zombie Nose. You know Zombie Nose? I know the, yeah, I know the artist. He does, he used, before that, he used to do, before the show. on Instagram. Yeah, he did, he has this certain style of these kind of dark, whimsical, slightly cartoony characters really good sculptures really great cool i love his stuff i used to work with him at rick baker's actually and he's in oregon working for um that company that does stop motion movies that did Coraline and mm. the kid this guy's the guy who owns nike's son so. runs it no 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 they're like ah, leica they're called leica mm. they do all these all these stop motion movies they they produce them pretty much um anyway he shipped down this like seven foot tall character of his he made a seven foot tall version of one of his characters normally his are like 16 by 20 11 they're coming out of a painting and it's a pair of hands and a head he made a full freestanding seven foot tall figure with this amazing costume that kind of reminded me of the chamberlain's costume on hellboy 2 uh, uh, more more elaborate which Bunky made for me actually but um for that sh- movie but uh really i think his girlfriend which i don't know but she, i think she, i don't know her but i think i heard that she made the costume for it and it was amazing it was made of silicone it was painted realistically so it was this seven foot tall creature that looked really realistic but it was all had these cartoony features it was really really cool um nice. and the other piece that was super amazing that was in the center of the room was this um guy who goes artist by the name of el mescalito he made a giant that was probably seven feet tall as well uh, a giant pennywise the clown in paper uh, yeah of, i saw pictures yeah, of that out of paper mache in his own style like he has this crazy caricature style um and you think paper mache oh it's gonna be it's gonna be look like a, a mardi gras mask or something but he does right. paper mache sculpted the forms are sculpted as well as some of the best hollywood actor or actors uh effects artists will do using you know clays it's just how i don't know how he does it it's really amazing a lot of paper mache huge big teeth blood coming out of its mouth had the pennywise costume and it was on this base that had a skull and it's just amazing he always puts like a some kind of suspension that hangs that it, so it could uh, the weight of that the weight of the body is supported by some sort of um, piece of 
armature that comes off the back and goes into the base because it's paper mm, okay. it's paper mache so it wouldn't be able to support its own weight right right and um but but he makes a really cool base out of it so there's it's not like there's an armature it's like that's part of the sculpture that comes out gotcha. of its head and goes down the back it's it was it is just huge and imposing it's really really amazing i can't even believe he he really went all out for it he listened to you yeah <laughs> you were like something big he's like oh i can do big yeah that's <laughs> a, he said that to me too and same with uh zombie knows chris walker he was like yeah you told you said big so i meant big I'm like, I didn't really necessarily mean that big, but you know, it, you know, it, it worked out, you know? Well, and I mean, the thing is, even if you, I'm the reality is this in a group show, even if you don't sell that piece, being in a show and getting that kind of attention from those, you know, that kind of an audience is oh, huge, yeah. Can be yeah. huge for you. Yeah. That's the thing. It's sometimes it's worth, um, creating something that might not necessarily sell because you, the value there's there's a big value in in having a, a an a, an incredible piece of yours shown you know shown on social media everywhere because it's mm -hmm. so impressive people are taking pictures and that translates into money down the road yep. you know it's not instant money from selling the piece but that has a lot there's a, has a lot of value you know so uh, I'm glad they did it they really it, it made the show really special you know having those really cool large pieces Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, looking at the pictures, I, I got to say that that I, I really thought what Stephanie Vega did was pretty oh, yeah. awesome. Hers was amazing. amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah. Same thing with Chris Haas. But yeah, that, Chris Haas, I have I a little bit say. of a secret view on Chris Haas's because I, I saw all that shit laying on a board in his garage before he even did anything with it. I mean, when he was like trying to like figure out how am I going to do this a year ago, <laughs> you know. Right. So it's pretty cool now to see it like, wow, he did it, you know, and he did it right. Yeah. Chris Haas, Chris Haas again, he you Usually does smaller pieces, but he did a large piece, a pretty large piece, and it ended up being on the um, the the promo card and our advertisements and stuff. Um, yeah, it's a really cool skeleton with you know human. It's human skeleton torso from the waist up, combined with some animal skeleton stuff. I think yeah. horns. It's really cool. Um, yeah, and St and Stephanie Vegas was amazing. It was like a an, an uh, ampy, uh, uh, well, uh, like a prosthetic, pros yeah, prosthetic leg that she had decorated, and then had it hanging from these little, from this these hands, I think. Yeah, so cool, so amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I talked to her, her, her. You know the level of intricacy because you look at that and you're like, wow. I mean, because I'm I'm on a phone, so then I'm like zooming in because I want right. to see see you know, and like you look up for the seams and it's like nothing. You know, oh, yeah, it's just yeah. so tight and so clean and so well conceived. It's There's amazing. Not, yeah, nothing's off. You know. Yeah, and she had a little story about it as part of the sculpture that was really really cool i talked to her about being on the podcast so we, we got to get her on soon as well yeah, i'd love to have her on yeah um she was at the party afterwards which we could talk about because there was a pretty fun barbecue after the show um the next day you say yeah yeah uh chris velasco who's a one of the biggest you know probably outside of guillermo del toro he's the biggest dark art collector i know of I'm pretty, but I mm -hmm. think he's probably one of the biggest. He's probably a, next to get, it's like Guillermo, and then Guillermo's in his own category because he can afford to buy <laughs> so much amazing dark art and he can afford to buy a house just to house it, you know. So he's kind of in his own category. But other than Guillermo, Chris Velasco's probably got the 
best biggest collection of of dark art i've ever seen i mean he's got everybody that's amazing you know he's got everything he's got uh uh me <laughs> no, there it is. no no he's got no he's, I, I filmed this whole collection yeah. you know for the documentary it's it, it's voluminous i mean it's to the point where like yeah. i think i was in this place for like two and a half hours and we didn't stop looking at different artists i mean really like two and a half hours right. to see yeah. what he had and and there was never like a point where we ran out of different dark art to look at i mean that's how voluminous it is yeah and, it, and it's and it's all really top notch like he's got a bunch of my signature pieces. He's got black magic. He's got ego death. One or two. One or two. He's, uh, he's got, Pope. yeah, yeah. Dead Pope. Triclops. Yeah. Um, plague doctor. Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah, Cthulhu the primaries. Yeah. 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 He, he's probably got my best co- collection of pieces. It used to be Guillermo, but I think he might have more, uh, my signature pieces, but, um, He's got, you know, uh, he's got an amazing, huge Clive Barker. I think the only painting Clive Barker ever did of a Cenobite of the of the uh, the main pinhead Cenobite. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got what is that Darius? Who's that Darius? Uh, I forgot his last name. Zawadski. Darius Zawadski. He's got a bunch of his pieces, and his pieces are amazing. He's got Brian Smiths. He's got some great killer matt levin sculptures he's got some wayne barlow paintings that are really really great richard kirk drawings um he's got a chris cooksey sculpture uh victor whatever safonkin he's got a really good victor safonkin who's a guy that if you don't know his name you should check his work out his older work is is really good he kind of changed his style recently that it's not you know the same thing but um just so so anyway it's like just covered his walls are just covered everywhere so it's unbelievable so that he um asked to have a if we could you know join him and he could have throw a barbecue for all the artists of the show from the show that came out to you know, be local people and people that came out like Chris Haas and his brother, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Haas, who was really cool. Um, he did that full size piece in the show that got the Isn't suit. That amazing. Yeah, I think so the cool. Suit? And he could put it on and walk around. I know it's sure. like a, like a, like a robot biomechanical suit made of all repurposed materials with lights in it. It was so cool. And he was really nice too. Those Haas brothers are just so cool. They're yeah, so, the Haas brothers so, are amazing. So talented and so cool. So nice. Yep. Just great people. And there's yep. three three brothers that just are making do amazing shit. Um so yeah, so we had this barbecue, right? Or he had this barbecue. And um uh a lot of people were there. Uh Ver Mar was there. Um and her boyfriend Ver always does a oops, it's my phone. Um she always she sold her piece. Bear sold her piece in the show. We have to have her on as well. I talked to her about that. Um, yeah, I got to meet her last year for the first time. I mean, yeah. person and like before the show and sit there and chat and stuff. Yeah, it was cool. Really, she's really cool. Everybody's really cool there. I swear. Uh, Brian Smith was there. Christopher Ulrich was there. Um, 
uh, Spine Stealer was there. Um, Lee Shamel was there. Did Haas, Chris go? Yeah, Chris Haas and Jeff Haas yeah. went, and Jeff brought his daughter. It was, she's really nice. So it was, it was great. It was a great crowd. And um, Matt Levin bought, brought some Beyond Burgers because we're vegetarians. So that was kind of cool because nice. Chris, Chris wasn't, wasn't big on the meatless options. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did have some meatless options, actually, but not the Beyond Burger is the best meatless option. But um, anyway, so I brought um, this brings me to another point about Christopher Ulrich. I wanted to ask everybody, uh, let's talk to everybody in the audience about it and ask for their their help on something actually on a side note. But I took Christopher Ulrich to the show and I took him to the barbecue and he had a great time. Um, But I've been helping him out and staying in contact with him and bringing him to shows because he's going through a really, really difficult time right now um he kind of he he finally had a kind of revelation that, that he was an alcoholic and so he's quit drinking so he's and and he's had some personal stuff in his life happen that's uh really hard for him to deal with so he's doing really good not drinking and uh we've he's got this huge support in the community because he's like he was like tell, told me you know i want everybody to know i want everybody to know i'm an alcoholic so i they can hold me accountable and help me to stay sober. Mm-hmm. So we've all, you know, everyone's checking in on him and he, it's, it's really cool that to see that's how the dark art community is. You know, everyone, we all support each other. It's amazing. It's amazing without skipping a beat. Everyone's, you know, wanting to help him out. And, um, so, uh, what I was going to ask for anyone in the audience. Um, we, I've been definitely set. He's part of my meditation rituals and I've been, I, I commissioned a, uh, award from Mike that he could have yep. just yep. anything to help him to help his energy. Um, if you don't believe in that sort of thing, that's cool. But if you are magically oriented and you kind of believe in that, the power of prayer or the power of positive energy, however you want to label it, I would ask that everyone send, Christopher Ulrich, some positive e- healing energy because he's he's really committed to making this work and and I and I think that um, anybody that knows him knows he's he's one of the very top artists in this scene. You know, he's his just just his work. Aside from him as a person, he's a ama- an amazing person. He's super cool. Really. Well, oh, and, the, and, um, and for anybody that's listening to this that wants to know a little bit more about him, we ha- already have two episodes mm-hmm. way back towards the beginning where he's on on two episodes. So right, right. T- tune into that if you're curious a little bit more about him and you don't know about him. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's going to come on and talk about this, too, eventually. I think mm-hmm. he needs to heal up. He's You know, it's it's hard. It's hard at first. But he is doing well. But um, anyway, uh, if you could send him your, your, your good vibes and your energy, I think it would really help him to get through this so um I, i'm just asking the audience to do that if, yeah, if you're absolutely. into that sort of thing if you're into that sort of thing even I'm if you're not it. you know just thinking if just just thinking to yourself like man i hope that guy does better or i hope he's doing good just that even even if that's all you're into is yeah, just right. like thinking that that right there is the same difference it's the same thing yeah. you're doing the same thing as sending energy or praying or whatever you want to say the reality is if you just think well upon somebody it does make a difference even if they never hear it it really does. Right. It's 
It does fundamentally, whether you believe it or not, you could disbelieve everything I'm saying and still do that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I guarantee you, whether you know it or not, I know it'll help. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, if you could do that, that would be great. And, it would, and, and you know, he, he's such a good person. He's such a good person. He's very, uh, he's so generous. He's a really generous person and a, he's just a really good person. Um, yeah. He's, listen, he's listen, part of the tribe. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And he's one of the best artists in the scene. And I think this is going to help his, you know, aside from something that's going to help his personal life, it's going to help his art career because I always felt like he's so underrated. He should be at the top of the heap, you know, yeah. Commanding these amazing prices, he he's that good, and he hasn't been. And I think it probably, I'm sure, it has something to do with the fact that he was, you know, dragged down by this having this problem all these years. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah. Anyway, as as a side note, please please send him your uh, positive energy. But anyway, so I brought him to the show, and or to the show, and then I brought him to the um, the uh, barbecue. And the barbecue was really fun. Uh, oh, Jeremy Cross was there. Uh, um, uh, Jeremy Shot from Dark Art Emporium, where we were all talking. Uh, Gary and Erica were there from Copro, and we were, you know, again, all started talking about how the dark art movement, all the galleries support each other. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not competing with each other and trying to keep artists out of each other's galleries. Everyone's cooperative. Everybody, everybody's all about helping the movement. It's really insane and amazing. Um, so, uh, you know, but it was just a fun, good continuation of the good vibes. And it really made me grateful to be part of this whole scene. It's so positive, you know, it's just the people were so cool. Just like it was a mini version of the show, it was you know artists from the show, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're just such good people. It's really heartening, you know. It really makes you feel like it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless in this world that seems so hopeless, you know. And you see something mm -hmm. like that. So well, not everybody gets to see something like that yeah. or experience that. So it's cool that you're you know that you can parlay that over their direction with the with the expectation that you know someday they will also be able to have those experiences because we're coalescing and we're there's going to be right. more and more not less and less you know right, of these right. types of gatherings and these types of get-togethers and people coming together over these common themed elements that are important to all of us really yeah yeah absolutely so you know it, we, it was, you know, he had, had a barbecue, we ate, everyone's walking around and looking at his artwork. It's like his house is like a big art gallery. It was just super fun. Um, he's a musician. He writes Chris Velasco, who threw the barbecue. Him and his wife, Erin. Erin's amazing. She's so cool. Chris is so cool. They're both really cool. Thank you, Erin uh, and Chris, for doing that. It was really, really nice of you to do. Um, but... It's such a great environment. He's got a cool house, amazing art. And then his downstairs basement, kind of not basement, but the second story is like a, uh, I don't know what you call it. You call it something, but the main story is like the second, basement? the second story <laughs> is the, is the story you walk in on. And then there's a, a cause it's on a hill. Then there's a lower mm -hmm. level where his That's a daylight basement, uh, whatevs, but, um, <laughs> uh, he it's his recording studio because he does music for video games and film and television 
And well, similarly, if you don't know who he is, we also had him yes. on the Dark Art Society podcast, and you should roll back and listen to him because he's he's a super cool dude, very fascinating, and an incredible musician who's done scores for all kinds of television and video games yeah, and yeah. film and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, he's super talented, and and again, really a nice, great, cool dude. Um, uh, so it's he down in his ba- uh, his lower area down in his lower area down in his lower his regions daylight basement it's called a daylight okay, basement daylight basement okay uh, <laughs> down in his daylight basement um he had a uh he's got a couple of arcade video games too so i got to play some miss oh, pac nice. yeah miss pac-man and he's got another game video uh game that has like every old video game on it ever it's crazy. Really? Yeah, it's so cool. You can play like Asteroids. Did he have did he have double dragon double dragon? I don't probably. It had all oh, kinds man, of shit I on it. I want to play some double dragon. <laughs> but it was really fun hanging out down there. But the highlight for me was um his uh, he's got one of those virtual reality headsets. I forgot which one it is. It's one of the big ones. I think there's there's two big ones and he's got one of them. I think he's got like the by big, you mean like popular? Yeah, I think there's. I mean, last I checked, there was kind of two competing systems. Maybe one. Oh, okay. Taken. I thought because in my head, I just pictured this like huge headset that was so big that like the person's having a hard time kind of keeping their head up because there's this, like gigantic. You know, you didn't mean big like that. No, I had no, to clarify. No, no, no. Sorry. Um, yeah, and so he he's been waiting for me to play this thing because there's a paint program where you can paint in three dimensional space. Which I didn't get to try because I had to split, but um, I did get to p- do the zombie game, which I really of wanted to you do. Did the zombie game? It was so cool. I would rather oh, zombie my... than paint any day. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> it was so cool. If you haven't done it, it is amazing. And uh, yeah, you're just shooting zombies and smashing their heads, and it's like you're in the environment. I re- there was one environment where you're outdoors in this. It's just this city that's all you know zombie apocalypse it's all fires off in the distance and all the lights are off and you have a flashlight and everything's kind of dark and you can just make out their silhouettes walking around and and um you have to shine the light on them you know so you can see them to shoot them but then when you shine the light they see you and they start coming it's so it was so fun um and then fucking patrick ty and who I, I, someone else sent me a video. All these people were filming me looking like an idiot. <laughs> so that's on Facebook too. I haven't, I have, I couldn't bear to watch more than like five seconds of it, but I, I think everybody else was watching it. Me looking like an idiot stumbling around shooting zombies, but it was so cool. It was so much fun, man. I, 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 I want to get rich just so I can afford a fucking system like that. <laughs> Dude, well, I mean, I've only done it once, and that was when I came out to to your place, and that was actually a year ago for Conjoined, and you let me try it. Yeah, that was and, that was uh, the, fo- the phone version. I know that's not the same thing, but I'm just saying, like, I'd never had any kind of virtual right. reality experience until that, you know? And uh, and I remember I remember I beat that one zombie thing. I got as far as you could get. You remember because right, I played. Yeah. And you were like, "Wow, you played that for a long time." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's so weird because you know you think to yourself like, and I did the little horror room thing where you're sitting right, there right. and you're like looking around the room and there's the scary sounds and shit. The thing is, is like it really does create kind of like a in your your. Uh, uh, proprioceptive centers like where you how you orient with what feels like equilibrium and what feels like balance and what feels like uh, vertigo and all of these things you know it, when you are fully immersed in sound and vision it really does it's just like a dream and right. and really even even though the graphics might have been shitty on yours it doesn't matter because 
you get all of the chemical releases you would get yeah, from it's having still, it a still feels experience. It still feels you know? like you're there at another dimension. Enough that your brain is willing to say, "Okay, yeah, sure." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was just so. It was so cool. It was so much fun, uh, and it really inspired me to to do something with the dystopia. We're gonna do a dystopia interactive world, dude. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I know. Today. It's gotta yeah. happen. It's gotta happen. Here's the thing. I'm already working on the bare bones of it because I'm I'm I've been developing behind the scenes without you even knowing a lot about it. This dystopia game that's right. like a real game, like a physical game, you right. know. And, but I'll tell you, like man, a board, all, board game or role playing game, or it's it's a it's like a card game. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah like, like a card, magic, like kind of magic, like magic yeah. kind of like magic, but not like magic. Mm. You know what I mean? But but in that vein, with right. those types of you know playing with cards, right, collectors' right. cards, yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that that I think could be the 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 springboard for the virtual reality right, thing, yeah, yeah. coupled with the field guides. You know, you take the field guides, and you take the mechanics of this game thing, and you put those together, and you, you know, with some really high techy people that know how to do all that kind of virtual yeah, reality yeah. that you and I know nothing about. Yeah. I can write a great story. Right, <laughs> you right. can paint a great monster. And I, know, I can invent I a cool game mechanic, but that's about all I got. Well that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing with dystopia is is the content is there. It's, oh, there, it's there just waiting to be put into whatever, you know? And and I, I can already I literally I have I have I already have like visions of it already. Yeah, I mean, I know yeah. you too, but like, I'm not you. And so of course you have visions of it. That's why you paint it. That's how you paint it. Mm -hmm. But I have visions already. And like, I can feel in my stomach what it would be like to like plug into the dystopia game and like go wander around. Cause I know so much because of the field guide mm -hmm. that like, you know, other people don't know that it's like, I could already picture what it would be like and how it, you know, going around and like the weird things that would happen that wouldn't make any sense. Right. And like, and I already like very like dream world Lynchian kind of sensation of like absurdity, but also horror, but also kind of humor right, and like yeah. not really not making sense, but feeling like there is some vein of, of something that should make sense in it. Yeah. I got a feel for it already. Oh, good, good. Yeah. It's just a matter of time, really. I just, you know, um, I want to live long enough to see it all happen. Um, yeah. You know, I think <laughs> what I said, yeah, you should. <laughs> um so yeah, it was it was funny too. Um, playing uh, Christopher Ulrich played after me. I wanted him to do this <laughs> the zombie game because I knew it would freak him out. He did the paint <laughs> game at first, but it was so funny because I was so into the zombie game and r thrashing around. I almost hit like Erica in the head really hard because you know you run out of bullets and then you have this weapon, a knife blade over here, and you have to like swing to kill, stab him in the head and stuff. I almost nailed her a couple times with my hand and the game controller. <laughs> People were like, whoa, get out of the way. I could just barely hear him outside of the headphones. <laughs> um, but uh, Christopher Ulrich, I, I, I got so into it. I pulled my headset off and gave it to him to put it on. It was like all wet from sweat in the, in the sponge thing. It was so funny. He's like, That's I don't so want to put this on. I don't mean to insult you. But so I, we had to go and wipe all the sweat off because I was like getting all kinds of exercise doing it. Um, but then he oh, did that, that sounds like you need that shit bad. Then. I know I need it for exercise. <laughs> there, he, Chris was telling me you this. kill zombies for hours oh, for exercise. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was telling me it was like if you because you have to get a PC, if you don't have a good PC, you know, you got to get a or a laptop. He had it on a, on a nice laptop. He's like the whole system might cost you, you know, a couple grand. So I other if, if it wasn't so cost prohibitive, I would have done it today, man. Gotten yeah, that. Right. That'd be so cool. But anyway, 
uh, Christopher Ulrich did the painting program and he was just so into it and yelling and painting. And then he did the zombie game and it was, you know, uh, he's just getting the shit scared out of him. It's so funny to watch people do virtual reality. It's like a, a form of entertainment in its own right. Just watching people, you know, react. I know you watched me for a long time. Yeah. Playing that shit. And I remember you were like, Oh, <laughs> like I'm getting kind of like nervous, like ready. It's just so funny. Well, and then you couple with that that I was tripping, and it was my first time doing <laughs> virtual reality. <laughs> that's the thing that, that, that add that to it right yeah, there. Yeah. Tell me what you think. That's the thing that's to me is so powerful about virtual reality. One of the things is that it really, you know, when I had my DMT experience, it was like I was in a virtual reality room. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely the same. It looked the same, except it looked better. It looked cleaner. No, it looked like it looked like uh, better graphics. Right, you know, there was right. no pixelation, whereas you yeah. could still see it's like video. It's they're just like high end video games, but in 3D, you know, yeah. and um, that to me, that's that is something can be used in a spiritual way for virtual reality. Like I, I was the, one of the things that tripped me out was um, in the painting program, you could switch environments. You're basically painting in three dimensions. I'm sure everyone's seen the videos of it, but um, you can change the environments. And one of the environments is you're in space and it's all stars. And um, I was thinking, man, that would be, I bet you it would make uh, the, the middle pillar ritual that, that I've been doing that uh -huh, Damien uh -huh. uh, on his podcast was teaching. Um, that's that's the beginning of the rituals you're standing there and you're supposed to imagine you're in space and you can see all the stars around you and then you and then there's a light from above and the light beam comes you imagine a light beam coming down in your head and lighting up these energy centers in your body yeah. and i was just thinking if if you had a, a, a virtual reality programs to augment your magical mm -hmm. practices it would probably it's all about tricking your mind into believing yep. what you're doing and so if you're in a environment that looks totally real it seems like it would increase the power tenfold you know absolutely oh so yeah there'll be there'll be meditation vr games yeah, for sure yeah. there'll be everything yeah, you know yeah, it's just like yeah. what a burgeoning field i mean mm -hmm. for those people that are able to be involved in that because obviously that's all techie people yeah. and i'm not one of those but yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're totally right. There's a lot of things. I mean, actually, if you really take it down to like on a training level, even you could, you know, for training your employees to work in companies, like let's say you're going to be a healthcare giver and you're going to work in an old folks home, right, you put yeah. them in a VR and then put it on hard, angry old person or someone who's, who's paraplegic or someone who's quadriplegic, right. you see these different settings and that person has to go in there and navigate this experience. It's going to give them a very real sensation. Right. Of what these things are like, as opposed to like you have done it before, you know that that exactly. that feeling of exactly. like, oh, this isn't the first time I've done it. When you finally go to yeah. do it, so when you think about all the parallels, the training parallels, I and know, all the different things you could use it for, yeah, it's amazing. So anybody who's you know got the finger on the pulse of virtual reality, help us out and um, let's get a dystopia virtual reality going. It's gonna like like you said, it's gonna happen through Kickstarter or whatever patreon however however it goes um i'm i'm just thinking you know i i did i mention the patreon or i did mention it earlier yeah we talked about it in the beginning yeah i'm really psyched about that idea i think we're going to be able to do all kinds Yay, Chet psyched. i'm finally psyched about it well you know i talked to peter pete morbacher about it and he really showed me a a uh, how his is working for him and how how it can be done and it 
made me realize that, you know, uh, when you're, we, a four, you're, you're a four stroke thinker and I'm a two stroke thinker. Yeah. The usual. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just like, I, I am excited. I have to, um, you know, Lisa won't let me start anything new until I finish all the other things I fin- uh, that I, <laughs> I started, which is organizing the business and stuff. Cause she's like, telling me I always jump ahead too far. So she's right. So she um, is right. They're always right. That's yeah, the truth. It's, it is true. Um, so I'm right now I'm getting my business organized and I'm trying to, this is off topic, but who cares? This is how the show goes. I, I am. And I, and I'm on caffeine water. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, right now I'm, Organizing my business, my goal is to organize my art business, which is my big cartel shop and, you know, making a living at this. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get it to where I only have to do the artwork part and signing things and, you know, anything that I have to do, like painting things or creating the artwork. That's what I can focus on. Then he doesn't have to manage himself and he doesn't have to do a bunch of uh, spreadsheet files and right. shipping and labeling and all, and all this other stuff that is really, you know, something that someone else should be doing. Yeah. Yes. And um, so you can focus on what it is that you are an expert in. Yeah. And I'm thinking and I and I and I know that having a, a Patreon is going to help that become a reality, too. But I need to get all this stuff settled first. But oh, I, I'm so excited about thinking all the stuff I can offer on there. You know, on uh, mm-hmm. aside from our, you know, we the, already thought of one right away. Yeah, right? yeah. When we started the episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, you know, that's going to be because we're gonna for the dark art society, we're gonna easily be able to make a website that's really functional. And he was telling oh, me, yeah. Pete was telling me about the, that Discord, uh, basically kind of message room chat board type thing mm-hmm. that you can connect to the Patreon, so that the community in Patreon will be able to interact together aside from the shows and and, yeah, and, yeah. and you know imagine what i'm excited about too uh is having a community outside of facebook or instagram where you're not getting bombarded oh, with a bunch of donald trump shit or yep. well, whatever and, and honestly, all the, the reality is stuff you're not interested this, in you know with the net neutrality stuff going on we're gonna need a place like that right yeah, yeah. seriously i mean that stuff passed so it's like if senate doesn't stop it the reality is is we're all going to be in a position where it's going to change very dramatically for us and we're going to all want a clearinghouse where we can interact with one another and we know that's a place where that's the, the you know the coming together of minds are like minds right and they're all we're all focused on this same goal we're all working together on this society this dark art society right you know that benefits us all ultimately i want to do um after we get our dark art society patreon going too i want to get my own art patreon going as well and you know that's the it's like it's so the the idea of being able to affordably present everything to the people that want to see it rather than you know on social media you've got your hardcore fans and then you've got people that are just kind of into it you know so you don't want to like for example show every single step of a painting on social media because then, all your instagram followers yeah yeah, yeah. and because then, then, then you got people going yeah that looks the same as the last one and you know yeah, and it's just less yeah. intimate and to be able to fully open my studio up to the people that are interested in it and talk about my tools and do yeah. pa- painting lessons on totally. video and talk about tutorials my tutorials and tutorials my my book my favorite anatomy books it's like you, you can really get down to the nitty-gritty and i think it, it's going to be uh I think people are going to dig it. 
Well, I mean, even for me, I'm like right now, you know, it. I run, I run a Patreon for emails from infinity and emails from infinity. I kind of talk about it as like our sister podcast. Obviously it's not technically our sister podcast, but it's a podcast I'm doing and I'm a co-host on this podcast. So, right, right. uh, but emails from infinity, if you guys don't know, and you should check it out, it's just soundcloud.com forward slash emails from infinity. It's me reading a book that I wrote. And so it's like an audio book that I score and I soundtrack and it's stories that are autobiographical from my life that deal with fantastical phenomenon and experiences that happened to me that kind of blew me away. And Chet's listened to it. He loves it. It's just, but anyway, the point yeah, about it is, is that I'm doing this Patreon and what I've been doing is, is like, like you said, you know, I'll do it. Like I did a bonus episode and I read this, this short story that I had read that, or excuse me, a short story that I had written when I was in the fourth grade and it's called the street kid. And it's like mm. silly, you know, silly fourth right. grade kids story written in like, you know, pencil cursive and stuff. But the thing is I did that as a bonus episode for just my, my regular soundcloud.com page because I had missed a full episode. So then what I did on my Patreon was I took pictures from the artwork that I actually have still from the fourth grade that go with it. Right, right. And I, and I showed it to those guys. Now mm -hmm. they didn't pay anything extra for that. I just went in there and let all the people that are patrons see it. But it's like, not everybody wants to see that. If I were to go on a exactly. Facebook and post a picture of the street kid art that I did from the fourth grade, a lot of people would be like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Whereas I, yeah, patrons, they're like, dude, that's fucking cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, it's you know, it, dude drew that when he was in the fourth grade. Yeah, exactly. It's like, for me, it feels like all these, the last 15 years or whatever, it's been about, you know, finding my way as an artist, uh, accumulating numbers of people that appreciate my work and, and building the fan base and then just bu building the social media pages. And now I'm at a point where I've got enough to where I feel like I want to, I want to really get more um, focused on letting people into every aspect of my process to the people mm -hmm. that, you know, are, are willing to pay just like five bucks or something or a yeah. dollar or whatever, and really be able to talk to them and not, not have it be in the middle of a bunch of crazy stuff on Facebook and Instagram, you know, uh, which I'm, you know, I still post like I'm doing now, but this is going to be all the stuff that I wouldn't, um, that I don't think would be, yeah. necessarily appropriate for that more intimate and more answering questions and talking and i'm just super psyched about it you know i, I think this is kind of the next phase and i, I look for it's much, it's funny because i've gotten to that point where i can make a living doing art 100 that's what i'm doing but i still have to bust my ass to you know hustle take uh commissions on even if though i have already commissions i have to finish crank out studies um when when i need money and it would be so nice if if through the patreon i can get my bills paid so that i could just focus on creating the most amazing paintings i've ever made in my life yep. Yep. you know that's that's the goal i i feel like just about every painting I've ever done, I feel like my hands were tied to some degree. Like I wasn't able to put the time in. So I, I, I think that, you know, when I, when I'm free to just make them no time constraints, you know, I don't have yep. to worry about selling them because I'm getting supported by showing how they're being created and, and all these, you know, offering all these rewards and stuff. I just think it's going to allow me to make the best work of my life. Like it's going to make the, 
stuff I've done up to it, almost like the lead in for the, the real main stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I do. Absolutely. So, so I'm really excited about it. Really, really excited about it. So, um, and so there, so, so there. who cares about conjoined? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think we've covered everything in conjoined. <laughs> but the, no, that, that virtual reality at the end of the whole experience was like, you know, kind of a revelation in a lot of ways, you know, yeah, like, that applies to other, other things, you know, and that, a, zombie, a zombie DMT experience. Yeah. At his house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. I think this year is going to be, this year will be the big, I'm going to make a prediction. This year will be the biggest year ever so far for the dark art movement. That's my prediction. That's a pretty good prediction. And I and I'm gonna predict that's not typically a predictor either. No, that's, so that's how strongly that's, I feel about it. Yeah, well, and he's been he's been blowing me up left and right about how excited he is about it. And of course, because I'm two stroke, I was this excited in October, so now it's January, and I'm like, Yeah, I'm I was that excited. Now, now you might have to talk me back into it again. <laughs> yeah, but I was but I had I this that pumped. You know me, I can always know, put my excitement on a hold. I mean, I that's one of the things I've learned with you over time is that I have to. I get really excited about something and then be like, Okay, I'm gonna wait for a little while until Chad's excited about it, and then I'll be excited about it again when he has, <laughs> when he gets to that point of you know that's a reality it's I, been that way, i know? had to see it was you it's pete morbacher the guy i did the one fantastic week podcast which i don't know if I, we haven't mentioned that have we did i, I mention that la- it's only once so. okay that's a great podcast and and that podcast is basically the dark art society focused towards um fantasy illustrators He's all about getting I'm all, I'm all about or we're all about getting people that have you know want to create this dark art community and uh people that want to become artists to that have the the tendency to do dark work to to have a place to where they feel like they can do it and have a game plan help them have a game plan and the, and their podcast is doing the same thing but they're trying to get tell uh fantasy illustrators like hey you can do this on your own you don't need to be working for magic the gathering or the dungeons and dragons manual or the book covers mm-hmm. you know if you don't want to there is a, a way and he really uh, we're gonna have him on the show too at some point he really uh clued me into a business model through patreon that works and it's it works for everybody because it's so cheap for everybody you know it doesn't have to be this really expensive thing it's like a bargain when when you see what you're you're getting for the price you know if i was doing painting tutorial videos for 50 bucks a piece or whatever that would be cost prohibitive for most people yeah you know and if you can but if you can do something for five bucks a month or ten bucks a month and you get like 10 times the amount of content you know, yep. along with all kinds of other stuff. It just seems like, oh, this is obvious. And so I, I kind of had to see it in action before I got excited about it. So, well, you know, that, and I saw it in action and his is everybody working. Has, yeah, everybody has, everybody has their talent. You know what I mean? And your talent is one of your talents anyway, is, is kind of this, this steadfastness, you know, and you like, you're very much a see it to believe it kind of guy. And I'm very much a believe it to see it kind of guy. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> That's true. And in order for me to see it, I have to first believe it. And if I believe it, I, I can manifest it into a situation where I can see it or, or, or the universe and people around me and circumstances conspire in such a manner that that result is the 
the same. But again, for you, you very much are like, I got to see that shit to believe it. And I'm yeah. like, I got to believe that shit to see it. <laughs> so here I, you know, here I am seeing it one way and you the other. But the beauty is when it comes together, you know, we both realize the potentiality of it. And whether I have to put some of my excitement on hold for a period of time in order to allow you to catch up shit, that's the dominant paradigm. I know how that, how that goes. Yeah. So I am equally as excited about it now because I think that more than anything, as a way to be able to make the dark art society something that can afford itself, right. but also make it something that people have as a resource center that they can actually utilize at their own discretion in their own time, you know, yep. because that's what people need. And, and so, contribute to. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a community, you know? Yeah. Totally. It's a cooperative. I mean, that's what Chet and I, even if you were to go and look at, which you won't, but even if you were to go and look at the Patreon page, which I built for the Dark Arts Society and have been building, you know, the one of the keywords in there is cooperative because that's what we're creating is a cooperative. It's a co-op. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's a co-op for dark artists. How cool is that? There's nothing like that. There's never been anything like that. And y'all can be a part of the beginning of that. It's grassroots, ground level stuff. Yeah. For, and, the, and once we get that going, the first order of business is going to be the website. Yep, getting yeah. that website up. It's yeah. going to be. Well, and, and you've got, you know, we, we've already got our roles defined and how to achieve it. So it's just a matter yeah, of yeah. moving forward. And Chad already said it once. He's, he's going to come up with an amazing logo in combination with assistance from those around him. And we'll be able to march forward. So it's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And we got to get T-shirts. That's the one physical reward we got to make sure and do for that is is a we got to make a dark art society t-shirt everyone needs a dark art society glow in the dark glow in the dark lettering yep cool logo. that's my fa i mean my favorite shirt that i own is my my glow in the dark black uh and white dystopia shirt yeah that thing's cool I don't right even think now I, it's, I have it's my those. favorite <laughs> shirt you know i like it better than the dystopia solo show shirt oh cool yeah um, yeah, yeah. I did wear that black. I, I will. Pro that shirt will come up. I mean, you see my. I'm wearing my Reanimator shirt, and you can see right here that the the, the what is that? The A N the N I is all gone now because there's holes there. <laughs> that dystopia shirt's well on its way. Seriously, yeah, because I wear they're literally falling off of me in tatters because mm -hmm. I am that guy. You are. Yeah. I am too. You should see my underwear. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I'd pass. I don't want to. <laughs> Too much caffeine water, Chad. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Too much information. All right. Well, let's. We should. We're way way over. So let's uh, end it. Let's call it quits. But I would like to do a shout out, guys. This is uh, in in case you don't know, and Chet's mentioned it a couple times. He was not saying buy Mike's swords. Okay, it is by Mike's Wards, W-A-R-D-S. Everyone was convinced you were saying by Mike's Swords. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it was really funny. It was Sorry. like an ongoing, like, it was like a viral thread for a while. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I just wanted to mention it because this is the last week of sales prices on my nrgcreations.bigcartel.com page. And that is, uh, you guys are getting like kind of a crazy discount right now. And they're going to go back up to their typical price. But right now, Wards are like $39.99 a piece. Chet's bought one. I've sold a few to a few different people and basically it's it's ritual art i'm i'm putting together these pieces of natural repurposed material from my environment and i'm filling it with magical intent of of some variety or another whether it's insight or protection or prosperity or anything else but there are other things up there too my mysterian decks up there there's i like to paint monster dvds up there there's a wand up there right now uh, a banishing wand actually made out of deer antler and copper wire and beeswax and obsidian it's pretty yeah, cool they're super so, cool super cool stuff. anyway last week of this and and i'm i'm in the same spot as chad i'm just trying to grind out one more 
week here and get the bills paid. So anybody wants to head over and pick up some cool awards or artwork. And last but not least, I actually have my third piece in a series I've been doing called Apocalyptia. And I had the first two, one and two and conjoined. So that was my little uh, contribution to the conjoined show was Apocalyptia one and two. Apocalyptia three is the biggest one. And I'm going to have it up on my web store here shortly, probably by the time this podcast is up. And uh, it's really cool. Sensory art. It's like physical. You touch it and you can move things on it, put your fingers in it and feel it. And uh, it's assemblage collage art. And there's some really weird stuff on this one, like vintage World War II first aid kits and human teeth and stuff like that. Yeah. He, Mike's making some great artwork. So it's it'd be great if you could support him uh, doing that because it's, it's definitely a, a great deal, too, on the wards. They're amazing. They're great. Everyone who's gotten one just loves them. Um, since you did bring that up, that reminded me I do have I'm going to do a product release this week because um, I got to pay some bills, too. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the I'm going to do I'm telling you first here before I even post it. Nobody knows about this yet. I am going to make a, uh, a, a super limited edition canvas oval canvas clay of Mr. Wilson, the painting I did for the fear series. I just did the show I had my favorite and, painting from the whole show. Yeah, everybody loves that one. That's why we picked it because it was the most popular one. And it's going to come in the frame that it, that uh, my paintings came in. So it's going to have a slightly different paint job, but still it's going to have the bronze look. Um, we wanted to make it an oval. How cool is that? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I wanted to make it different than the pieces from the show. You know, they're their own. Uh, the print, the G clays are their own um, thing, you know, not like it's. I wanted to, the the frame to be a little bit different just so it's its own kind of thing. So it's going to be, you're going to be able to get one of those frames from the, the fear show and a, I think a limited edition of 10 pieces of the, uh, of the uh, canvas G clay. And they look, we did a test one. It looks so good. It looks like almost exactly. It, it looks almost exactly like the painting. It's, it's amazing. It's really amazing. So um, those are going to be a little pricier though. They're going to be up, you know, up in the, in the hundreds uh you know maybe 750 bucks or something but they're going to be super limited and uh very special items hand painted frames and everything so that's coming this week and there's your heads up and uh, please if you can support and support mike's work and we'll keep this ball rolling oh one other thing i want to mention too mike uh pete uh, from the one fantastic week podcast which i i would recommend that you guys listen to as well because it's really it's similar to what we're doing but it's kind of coming at it from a different angle um and the guys who do it are super cool uh, uh and they're all about sharing information it's 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 great but um they said that we are now we have outlived the average podcast because I think, really? yeah, he said 40 episodes are when most people stop doing their podcast if they, if they're not going to keep it going. So we have, they run out of steam that quick. Huh? Yeah. He said, so he said, so you are typically an above average podcast. Woo-hoo. So we've made That's it. pretty awesome. Yeah. And we're not going to quit. Well, it's, so. yeah, I, well, I was going to say, it's like, I feel like we just barely started doing I this. I know. I know. You know? I know some and of this. It's part of my, part of my part of my week. Yeah, some of the <laughs> topics from early on. I'm like, oh, I wish we didn't do that so early on because I want to do it now. <laughs> you know, because well, we but pretty much every time we've ever done an episode, we've been like, there's going to be a part two mm-hmm. of this. So we were always are priming ourselves for that. The re-delve into that That's old material. True. You know. That's true. And we've got the list of artists we got coming up are really great. You're going to be so stoked. We've got. It's yeah. just there's so much. There's way more episodes than we can even 
think about at the moment. There's so much yep. content coming. It's going to be really great. So like I said, this is going to be the year, people. All right. Everybody tune in. And if you can share, uh, if you can help promote this thing just to get the word out, we just want to let people know about it. And I can't really afford right now to to do the Facebook ads. Um, so I, w- I would like to do that just to get people, get the word out. Because people still, I'm meeting all the time at the shows, do not know that I have a podcast or that yeah, we're doing right. this, you know. And, and so if you can just, you know, if anybody, if, if everyone who listened just shared it, shared a podcast once, that would be, that would go a long way to helping us out. As well as liking, you know, hitting the like button or commenting or rating or us. Even if you, or even if you know somebody that's just like, you have one of those friends that's like, you know, you're like, oh, this is, this would be up this person's alley send it to them you know what i mean yeah, just yeah. an individual it doesn't even matter you can tell somebody about it yeah <laughs> you know? yeah yeah exactly and because everybody really loves it they really love everyone tells me they love it once they listen to it so it's just like a matter of getting people to listen to one episode and i think you know i think they'll they'll want to become part of this community which is what it's all yeah. about you know well and the thing is is everybody you know they already are that's that's the weirdest thing about this is like we're all already a part of this community that we just have never had a common ground to come together on you know what right. i mean there's never been like a home base yeah you know and that's what we're trying to you know that's the whole point of this whereas like because all these people are a part of this pre-existing community right. you know no one's joining anything everybody yeah. already joined and, we, and also you know the more people that are involved it's going to make the movement better because we're going to get more input from people because we're going to hear other perspectives then make it more well, a well-rounded shows better yeah. artists in the shows more helping artists to sell their work and make a living off what they do or, or find ways to do that if they're not already yeah it's all it's just a win-win situation that's what we're what's what we're playing here yeah it's an easy game to win if it's win-win that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's wrap it up thank you for well, listening thank you everyone for listening we'll be back next wednesday with another episode of the dark art society podcast see you later peace